Welcome to Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow with your host, In Sung Kim. Sponsored by Hope in Mission, LLC. To connect with the show, go to insungkim.org. That's I-N-S-E-O-N-G-K-I-M dot O-R-G. Or listen to Insung on oneplace.com. And now it's time for Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow with your host, In Sung Kim. Hello, this is In Sung Kim from Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow. We are in the month of life, Life Month, Pro Life Month, and we are uh, having discussion about abortion pill. And Tessa Longbones here, and thank you so much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, she's a senior research associate in Charlotte Logier Institute, and she's focusing on the abortion statistics at the state and national levels and changing the landscape of abortion policy provision access in the United States. And it is critical to scientifically uh, back of the evidence of to protect a woman. And thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. Well, thank you so much for uh, having me on to talk about it. Yes, and uh, just share uh, with us about this emergency visit uh, from the abortion pill that the Logia Institute uh, has researched on. Yes, so our data in the United States on chemical abortions, the abortion pill, and complications that are caused by the abortion pill is very spotty. Not all states even collect abortion data, and then those that do are inconsistent and don't really capture any complications that are taking place. Mm -hmm. And so recently, our team here at Charlotte Lozier Institute wanted to dig into this more and see what is actually going on. Mm -hmm. And so we turned to Medicaid data. Uh, These are this is uh, vi- visits and uh, pregnancies that are covered by state Medicaid as opposed to just federal Medicaid. And we turn to this data set because it allows us to see all of the care that a woman is receiving and to see all of the health outcomes that she is experiencing. And so what we learned from this is that chemical abortion is much more likely than surgical abortion to result in a visit to the emergency room, and the rate of chemical abortion emergency room visits has been increasing. Mm. And so we were able to tell this because we could link each abortion, each claim for reimbursement for an abortion with any follow-up visits to the ER that a woman had within the next 30 days. So Mm. it was clearly all related to the abortion. And We saw that over the course of our study period, which was 2002 through 2015, the most recent year of data, the rate of emergency room visits following a chemical abortion increased by more than 500%. So just very concerning to see how increasingly frequently these chemical abortions are sending women to the emergency room. Yeah, I think it's to me it's just strange because we are um, having even difficult time from the COVID, the shortage of staff, and then if emergency visit is increasing, uh, that really concerns me. And just explain about uh, EMTALA. 
the Federal Emergency Medical Treatment Active Labor Act. Would you explain to to us about this? Yes. So this is um, this is a law that requires emergency rooms and hospitals to not turn anyone away who mm. is experiencing an emergency or undergoing active labor, which is why it's named why it has the name that it does mm. uh, so to make sure that no one is turned away and then later dies or has another very poor outcome because they didn't receive the treatment that they needed. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the Biden administration has tried to use EMTALA to say that hospitals need to perform abortions, even hospitals in pro-life states. Otherwise, they will somehow be in violation of EMTALA. But in reality, no doctor is going to turn a woman away because she is having a complication from an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um And so it's inaccurate to say that we somehow need to rely on EMTALA to make sure that women get the care that they need. Uh, I've talked to so many pro-life OBGYNs over the years, and they all say that they would certainly treat a woman who had complications from an abortion and needed help. They would never turn her away, and that they would always treat women who had other emergencies related to pregnancy, whether that was an ectopic pregnancy or a miscarriage. And so uh, women are able to get the care that they need. And there are no state pro-life laws that would restrict a woman somehow uh, from getting health care that's necessary to um, protect her, to protect her life. Yes. So how um, the majority um, pro-choice group misunderstand and that abortion is for women. I mean, like a long time ago, uh, like 20, 30 years ago, when the medicine and science uh, wasn't um, advanced like today, that I understand. But today, how can people really accept this information uh, that abortion is for women? I still not, I don't understand that. It, me neither, because we have so much research now showing mm-hmm. that uh, abortion, in particular, the abortion pill, can be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been studies showing that chemical abortion has four times the complication rate of surgical abortion. Mm-hmm. And so it's very risky. And now, with changes, recent changes made by the FDA, there is even less protection for women. Um, mm-hmm. These drugs are increasingly available, and there aren't any safeguards to keep them from falling into the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. And already we've heard stories about women feeling pressured, women being given abortion pills without their knowledge or without their consent, mm-hmm. new, sto- new stories about women noticing something that looked strange in a bottle of water that their boyfriend had given them mm-hmm. and wondering what was up. And so, unfortunately, I think we're just going to see this more and more uh, that these abortion pills are tools for people who have very bad intentions and mm-hmm. that they are not empowering women. In fact, they are harming women. Mm. So I think it's we're in a very frustrating uh, culture that we're living here. It's very unnatural. I think mostly in the olden days, even though there is uh, sex outside of marriage existed, but not like, Today, it's just, um, and even in the corporate world, 
that we see the entertainment, including the prostitution, was tax exempt. I mean, tax write-off for the business expenses. And within that, uh, that kind of context, uh, how many women can be in danger? I mean, concern it, it concerns me. And what do you think about this? Well, I think it all ties into what we've seen with some of these big corporations saying that they will, in the wake of Dobbs, mm-hmm. uh, they will fund travel for women to states that want to keep abortion legal mm-hmm. um, so that their employees can continue to get abortions. Because, of course, it's, it's cheaper for a large corporation to have women not going on maternity leave, um, to have them remaining in the workforce, but it's not... Is it really supporting what women want? Is it really empowering women? Uh, Because the pro-life movement, we say women can have their babies and they can have their careers and their Mm -hmm. their jobs. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to see women being pitted career versus family. We want to make sure that that corporations are giving women the ability to do both. Mm. Yeah, like 80s, 90s. when the corporation have uh, parties and and they actually hired the entertainment industry and they used the tax write-off. The, today, I think a young generation in the name of Korea, pe- a lot of women uh, don't get married, but it's open for uh, free sex uh, in the corporate world as well. And I think it's we have to proactively educate women to protect themselves, right? Yeah, I think women need to have all of the facts and uh, to be empowered about what their rights are and what their options are. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the amount of information that we've seen out there recently about what some of these pro-life state laws do, uh, making women think that they can't go to the doctor and get the care that they need for a miscarriage mm-hmm. or misinformation about the safety of the abortion pill telling women that it's something that's simple and easy and that they can do it in the comfort of their own home with no complications when, in fact, it's not safe and easy. Um, it's sending many women to the emergency room. Uh, I worked on one paper with one of our scholars we published a couple of years ago looking at women, what women were, are actually saying about their experiences with the abortion pill. And so often, woman after woman talked about how they were not prepared for the amount of pain and bleeding that they experienced and even seeing the body of their unborn baby. And so Mm -hmm. all of this is not empowering. And of course, we don't want to see any abortions increasing. We want to make sure that all unborn lives are protected. And we want women to be protected too, and to be given the facts and the truth about the damage that the abortion pill can do. And increasingly, they're just getting so much misinformation from the abortion industry and from the media about the safety of these of these drugs. Mm-hmm. What about, uh, is there a recent lawsuit is going on with abortion pill? Yes, there is a, a lawsuit that's been filed by some OBGYNs mm-hmm. about the, uh, the changes that have been made by the FDA to some of its restrictions and regulations on the abortion pill. Mm-hmm. Um, because back when the FDA first approved the abortion pill in 2000, they at least understood 
that it was dangerous and that it shouldn't be treated like just any other drug. Mm -hmm. And so they put uh, regulations in place to make sure that it was only being prescribed by uh, providers that were specially certified, only in person, other protections to make sure that it wasn't, um, that the proper oversight was occurring. But over the years, the abortion lobby has continually pushed back on those regulations and they've chipped away at them one by one until just recently they convinced the FDA to lift the requirement that the abortion pill be dispensed in person. Hmm. And so now it can go online through the mail and they have convinced the FDA to create a new a program to allow pharmacies to distribute the abortion pill. And so it's now going to be available in pharmacies that want to participate. And so all of this has the effect of making the abortion pill more widespread, but also weakening the safeguards and weakening the medical oversight and making it more likely that women aren't being screened for conditions that can make the abortion pill especially dangerous for them or aren't being screened to see if anyone is trying to coerce or pressure them into it. And so there are a lot of OBGYNs that are really concerned about that. They're concerned about their patients and the women that they treat. And so they want the FDA to put these regulations, at the minimum, put the regulations back in place. Mm, yes, absolutely has to do that. And any medication that is even one person uh, death was involved in a medication, uh, it, it can devastating and the, the company has to uh, have consequences. And yet... Um, there are so many women. I mean, there's a lot of shame and other issues associated with this abortion, and not many women really stepping out to um, their claim their rights. And so, and a lot of people like you and Logi Institute has to help those women who cannot speak for themselves. Yes, exactly, and that's what that's what we want to do because. Going back to that paper we published, many women reported feeling silenced mm-hmm. and like they couldn't talk about what they'd experienced and that they had no one who they could share their experiences with. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be someplace where women can find accurate, reliable information about the abortion pill and what it actually does and that women can share their experiences and feel comfortable talking about what they what they've gone through because it can be the the whole process can be very traumatic for many women mm-hmm. and the abortion industry is not preparing them in many cases for what they're going to experience and certainly if a young girl gets on one of these websites fills out the form orders the pills has them mailed to her she's not she's undergoing this alone and she doesn't have that presence of a doctor or maybe even anyone else mm-hmm. who can help her through it. And so increasingly, we're seeing this process of abortion just being something that happens in isolation without other people there around to help a woman if she if something goes wrong um, mm-hmm. and if she starts to experience complications. Mm-hmm. Is there any YouTube uh, from the Logit Institute that people... Uh, young people can go to and watch for education? Well, we actually have a website, Mm -hmm. uh, Abortion Drug Facts, Mm -hmm. where we've compiled all of our information, all of our research, and you can even get on there and see 
uh, what's legal in your state if you mm-hmm. want to learn more about your own state's laws. Mm-hmm. And so we just encourage everyone to go there and they can find all of the information that you and I are discussing, mm-hmm. plus everything else that, we, that we've compiled. Mm. I think it's personally like high school uh or the even college, young college students uh, don't really um, understand the legal aspect of it. And I think that would be great to have some kind of presentation on YouTube that young people can engage and learn about this, all detail about more easier explanations for those generations to navigate this whole process of why it's not safe for the woman. I think that would be a great uh, avenue for young generation to be prepared and protect themselves. Exactly, yes. We want to make sure that young people do have the information Mm -hmm. um, because there is so much misinformation about it. Mm -hmm. I I frequently go to conferences and talk to young people, um, college students, sometimes high schoolers, and I'm always glad to share our research with them and help them to understand the science and what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely want to, that's a goal of ours, is to make sure that the, uh, the facts are out there um, mm-hmm. and that women can find accurate information about the abortion pill. Mm. And uh, voiceoflife.com is the one of the website for educational purposes, right? Yes. So if people want to see what's actually happening in the womb, how an unborn baby develops, Mm -hmm. this is a new project that some of our scientists have put together depicting with these videos, like you mentioned, and uh, short articles that get the key facts across quickly, uh, really what is happening in the miracle of life that's taking place. Mm -hmm. And so we called it Voyage of Life because you can go on the trip with the unborn baby from mm-hmm. fertilization to delivery and see them growing and developing and watch the, the key benchmarks that happen along the way. Mm-hmm. And it's a really beautiful process that I've been, I've looked through the whole website several times, mm-hmm. but even I like to get back on there and just scroll through and see that little unborn baby grow because it's just so beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some people, not all, are in uh, kind of trapped in uh, the relationship and when they're in denial. And this information might not even resonate to them because they're already uh, in in another place uh, that they cannot get out. So I think it will be great to have uh, the woman's perspective of their experience of how harmful this abortion pill is. I think that we have to see more and more. I think we're in the beginning of this journey of experimenting abortion pill, but I think we have to proactively educate more uh, public with this information. And thank you so much for your in-depth research. I mean, we haven't had this. When did uh, Logia Institution was founded? So we're over a decade old now, mm-hmm. um, and we are part of the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America family. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been with Charlotte Lozier for a little over five years now, mm-hmm. um, and helping out with the, the state abortion trends and all of our research. 
And so it's been exciting to see the organization grow over that time. Mm, yeah. I think website said uh, it was launched in 2011. So, exactly, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. still new. It's been only like 13 years. And we're really excited to see more and more a pro-life movement is expanding in a more uh, educational way. And just think about the, uh, 1970, 80. We didn't have any of those informations. Now we have so much information that young generation can go to and be educated and protect themselves from all the things happening. To me personally, this is a social engineering. Uh, is that um, that it, there is more aspect that we can discuss about, but especially I want to focus on this program to protect young women uh, with abortion pill. In so share with us one more time about your website. Yes, so our main website is lozierinstitute.org. That's L-O-Z-I-E-R institute.org. Mm-hmm. And so you can find all of our research and information there. Mm-hmm. But then we also have abortiondrugfacts.com that is for people who are looking specifically for our information on uh, the abortion pill, the research, um, the risks. To women, and you can find that all in one place. Which and one? If you want to see, yeah. What sorry? was the what was the website again? Abortion, abortion drug facts. Okay, abortiondrugfacts.com. Yes, and yeah. if you want to see about how the the whole process of how the unborn baby develops, grows from you know that that fertilized egg all the way up to delivery, and just the miracle that that is you can go to Voyage of Life. Mm-hmm. You can also find that on the uh, homepage of LozierInstitute.org. Mm. Yeah, I really like the Charlotte Lodger Institute because it's so uh, graciously uh, guiding people with the scientific fa- fact and very educational. And a lot of college students, they want to uh, have some factual information, and this is the website that they can go to. There is a grandma, grandmothers, and moms. Uh, if we don't know how to communicate with the younger generations, and this is a great website for us to introduce uh, to our children generation. So uh, thank you so much for your all the hard work. And, and I'm excited about this organization because um, w- the more research we have in the near future, uh, we will be more educated, right? That yes, that is why we exist. Science and statistics for life mm-hmm. to uh, get good research out there, and like you said, make it available to young women, to people who are researching this, um, to people who are trying to find the facts. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we're always glad to get it into the hands of people who can use it, whether mm-hmm. that be moms and grandmas or college students and everyone in between. Mm. Is there like a brochure or anything that people we can share and distribute it in behalf of the Loja Institute? We do have a brochure, and we also have some half-pagers that summarize our research mm-hmm. and also um, fact sheets mm-hmm. that pertain to different topics, um, kind of condensing it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just finished a fact sheet on 
babies who are born alive and survive abortions. Mm. And so all of that is also available on our website if people are looking for things that they can print out. Yeah, thank yeah, that would be great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all the work you're doing and thank you so much for being with us uh with the yesterday, today and tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. It was great to talk with you and your listeners. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for listening yesterday and today and tomorrow. And we'll be back next week. Thank you.